Welcome back to the Eczema Kids podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you the six things I'm going to do to stack the deck against eczema and improve my unborn baby's microbiome. I've done a lot of research and having been through three cesareans in the past, it's my hope to help you come prepared to your own deliveries and know what to ask for during your delivery and throughout your hospital stay. Let's get ready for today's show. Hey mama, if you have kids struggling with eczema and you want to get them a life without itchy red skin, then this is the show for you, Eczema Kids. Here we go deep into diet guidelines, doable at-home remedies, and transformative healthy kids tools that will empower you to take your child's health into your own hands and win. If you are ready to say yes to eczema-free kids, sleeping through the night, and drug-free interventions, hi, my name is Andrew McHugh and I'm the coach and mentor for you. I created this podcast to equip you with the strategies you need to heal your kid's skin condition and soothe their sweet little faces. Let's eliminate eczema and reclaim our lives. Grab your egg-free snack, take a deep breath, and let's dig in to today's episode. If you'd like to work with me to put a plan in place for the best possible outcomes for you and your little eczema kids right now, I'd be happy to get an eczema elimination session on the books. Just email me at support at eczemakids.com and we will come up with an actionable plan to get you and your eczema babies on the road to restful sleep and clear skin. Welcome back, friends. I am 38 weeks pregnant right now with my fourth baby. So it's obviously top of mind to birth a happy and healthy baby. And after three cesareans, I've learned a lot mostly unfortunately about what not to do. I know now that there was a lot we could have done to possibly influence our situation that we found ourselves in with our second and third daughters and their severe eczema, but that's okay. I've learned a ton and that's going to help influence my decisions with this baby. And I can share my findings with all of you in case any of you have one in the oven or are still planning to, and you want to give them the best shot in being eczema free and have the most diversified gut microbiome that they can because a diverse microbiome is really the best thing that you can do to prevent most autoimmune and really most conditions from my research. So if you are pregnant or are planning to be soon, I've found that when you have these type of conversations talking about the things that I'm going to speak to here, you have to go into it pretty well researched and prepared for pushback. I mean, in the past when I've presented some of my findings to my doctors, I was a little more than gently persuaded to go a different, more convenient route. I regret not being stronger and more prepared for those type of conversations. Again, we're using we're using that for good now by sharing and paying it forward and this fourth little baby gets to benefit from those past mistakes as well. But still, I found it extremely challenging. I guess I have a bad case of white coat syndrome. When a doctor tells you something or says that there's no research to support what you're asking for, you need to stand your ground. You can do it. And I guess before that, I'll tell you why I'm having my fourth cesarean, which certainly wasn't my intention, but my first was breach. I found out at 38 weeks that she was, and they said you can either do an inversion. This was Christmas time. And they said it's very painful and likely will just trigger birth. Or you can schedule a cesarean. 
or you can leave our practice because we won't support a vaginal breech birth. And that was my first kid and I felt this really huge sense of urgency. I don't know, I crawled on my hands and knees for those two weeks trying to flip her, but I couldn't and ended up just having a a scheduled cesarean. And then that went pretty well. She had reflux while she was an infant. It seemed, you know, manageable and okay. And the surgery went pretty well. And so then with my second, I was seeing the same practitioner and she encouraged me to have another cesarean. At the time, I thought, well, this isn't the worst scenario. I can, I can move forward with that. She had severe, severe eczema starting in about a year and a half. And clear signs of gut dysbiosis before then. If I were in that position now, I would choose differently. And then my third, I tried to do a VBAC, went to a special hospital that would support a VBAC after two cesareans. Then she was breech. (laughs) Now I'm at my fourth and I've called everybody, every type of midwife or doula or anyone that would possibly help me do a VBAC, but everyone says no can do. But that's okay, because I know what I want this time, and I know what's best for my baby and I's healing, given the circumstances. And that's really the best you can do. (laughs) So first, knowing that I'm going to have a cesarean birth, when I got pregnant, I spent some time trying to find a physician that would support me. And again, I have to work with a traditional MD, because (laughs) this is my fourth, and I have to give birth in a hospital. But knowing that, I looked for someone that would support my decisions. Doesn't have to love them. And I found somebody who's really, really great. I found him by asking a local mama-centered yoga slash nursing classes place what their suggestion would be. And that's how I found him. Doctors don't really do interview appointments anymore, which is fine because I'm sure you don't have time for that because you already have eczema kids. So do your best you can. Do it with the research that you could do before you go into the office to save yourself some time and money. Secondly, I'm going to do vaginal seeding. It's a technique worth considering. haven't done this before. It's also referred to as a vaginal microbial transfer and it's simple to do and while (laughs) enough research hasn't been done for allopathic practitioners to acknowledge it and say it's worthwhile, there's significant evidence that shows the the vaginal bacterial seeding for c-section babies helps produce an infant microbiome that more closely resembles vaginally birthed babies which Again, that's what we're going for is a diverse microbiome. That's your best shot at preventing eczema and all the autoimmune conditions under the sun. So how do you do it? (laughs) I guess on the day of birth, wearing gloves, you put some gauze into a fan shape, put it in a saline solution, and then you put that into the mom's birth canal. So you're going to need some help on this one. Leave it there for about half an hour. And then remove it and put it in a sterile jar. And then when the baby is born and breastfeeding is initiated and the baby is doing skin to skin, you can wipe the seeded gauze all over the baby's head and and as I understand it, their mouth as well. In my experience, traditional doctors will dissuade you from doing this because the risk of transferring suboptimal bacteria like strep B but babies born vaginally would still go through the birth canal and be exposed to everything that's in there. So again, be strong, 
I really do believe that this would, that this will help my baby. And they also likely won't help you do this, but hopefully you have a supportive husband that will. I can't say my husband loves this idea, but I've got his buy-in to do it. I'm also requesting delayed cord clamping. This is a fairly common practice, certainly in birthing centers, but in a traditional hospital setting, and especially with the cesarean, they do mind the clock pretty closely. So I'm going to ask that they wait at least a minute until the umbilical cord stops pumping, and that's when the cord can be clamped. I guess it turns white, <laughs> and you can you can feel it pulsating, and eventually it stops. The pulsating is what's still transferring the blood and oxygen and stem cells to your baby while they adjust to life outside the womb. So it's important and they really need it. Bottom line is the cord should not be clamped earlier than a minute after birth, but before five minutes after birth. And that's so the placenta could come out soon after it has been separated from the uterus. So number four is breastfeeding. And this is the one that I have done in the past. I've breastfed all my girls and luckily this has gone really well for me. And if you can, it really helps feed the baby's microbiome. As we know, that's the name of the game. In preventing eczema, do what you can to establish a nursing rhythm and continue on. Even when it's so painful, you want to cry, or when you have mastitis, or when you go back to work and you feel like pumping is your real full-time job, it's worth it. I've gone through all of this. I know if I hadn't pushed through, we'd likely be in a worse spot than we than we were with regards to all of the girls' autoimmune conditions. If it's not an option for you, you know, do your research and do what's second best for you and your kiddo. Just like I know this cesarean birth is not the best case scenario for this kiddo, but I'm doing my research to make sure that they have the best possible outcome despite our current situation. I'm also going to wait to bathe my baby until we leave the hospital. And this is another unpopular choice. But as far as the baby's skin microbiome goes, which as you know, with eczema kids, is, it's a separate thing from their gut microbiome and it also needs to be prolific and healthy. And those hospital baths really don't help that. The benefits of delaying your baby's first bath, it reduces the risk of infection because they're born with vernix all over their skin. It's that white substance. It has the proteins to prevent common bacterial infections. So the vernix, this anti-germ barrier, it protects against group strep B and E. coli and pneumonia and meningitis. I mean, everything under the sun. This is another reason that I'm definitely asking to delay my baby's bath. It also stabilizes their blood sugar. When you bathe a baby too soon, it makes them get all worked up and it can cause really low blood sugar. And if the blood sugar is too low, then it can make the baby sleepy and make it hard for them to nurse. So again, I'm doing it for also the stabilized blood sugar. It also helps them control their temperature because they were just born and their bodies are still learning to do that and waiting to do their bath so that you can do it at home increases, you know, that maternal baby bonding. And you can make sure that no weird wipes or soap goes on the baby. A whole load of benefits, really. <laughs> Mostly just convenience. I would definitely wait to give your baby a bath at, until you were at home.
I also am planning on encapsulating my placenta. And this is another <laughs> unpopular choice. You know, I'm asking my doctor to save it. I'm bringing a cooler to the hospital. And then I'm going to do this for the first time with the help of a beautiful midwife named Tiffany here because it'll provide me and then, of course, my baby while I'm nursing a lot of vitamins, most notably iron and B6 and B12. So it helps you restore, you know, your iron reserves that you lose so much during a cesarean procedure, any birth, and then B6 and B12 can can help your your energy levels, which as we know, are at an all-time low. Those two months or so after you give birth, at least they are for me. I've also heard these placenta pills help the mama with better moods and their milk supply is boosted. So really it just helps with overall recovery, which is fantastic. You can do this by yourself. I decided to hire someone and it really is affordable because I'm going to stay in the hospital for four days and then I'll be pretty weak when I come home. And really with placenta encapsulation, the sooner the better. So she's going to come right to the hospital right after my birth. My husband will get it to her. He'll do the drop. And <laughs> she's going to arrive at my house like a couple days later with 120-ish pills. I think it's pretty amazing. If you do want to do this yourself, as I understand it, the process is pretty simple. First, you, you boil it or steam it. In the traditional Chinese medicine way, you steam it with some warming herbs and spices like ginger and even jalapeno, and that helps the bioavailability of the nutrients in there. And then you thinly slice it, then you dehydrate it, then you grind it and encapsulate it. That's it. So it's definitely something you can do at home. And if you have these tools, it would likely be cheaper for you to do it at home than it would to hire someone. But I didn't have all the things that I need for this. And so the price is pretty much going to work out the same. Hiring someone versus doing it myself. Lastly, I'm going to give myself and my baby an extra dose of probiotics while I'm in the hospital. So I've never given a baby this young any supplements and I've never taken any supplements to the hospital, but I think it'll do us both the, a world of good because the sooner you introduce these type of good bacterias into the babies in the baby's tummies, the better. So I've just read the sooner the better. Mary Ruth Organics has a really great probiotic liquid. My two-year-old takes it and it's super easy to administer. It's basically like water. So that's my plan for the baby. So to recap, knowing that I have to have a cesarean, I chose my OB based on his willingness to accommodate my requests. And I'm going to do vaginal seeding right after the birth and ask for delayed cord clamping. I'm also going to ask the nurses to hold off on giving my baby a bath. And I'm going to encapsulate my placenta and bring probiotics to the hospital. So not too much, right? I haven't done any of these things before, aside from nursing, so I'll report back to you and let you know how it goes. Best laid plans, right? But then again, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with me, and I'm proud of you as an eczema kid mom for hanging in there yourself. 
It's not easy and you're doing a great job. Talk to you next time. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.